Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and we have a great episode lined up for you here. It is Jonah is back with FCC headlines. We are recapping that two to one victory over the Portland Timbers by your beloved FC Cincinnati. We, of course, touch on the ongoing Brenner transfer drama. We briefly touch on the U.S. men's national team game that featured two FCC players, but took three away from us. And we look at the big picture implications of this win. That's going to be your Cincy Postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, I am sure we are joined by the regular Monday crew. That's right, Jonah. I'm I am <laughs> pushing you up to the regular crew, despite Woo. your best efforts this evening Woo. to get out of this. <laughs> um, no, we've got Grayson and Chief with us as well. Uh, Chief, I know before we were recording. Actually, wait. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me way back up here. We are talking about the FC Cincinnati two-one victory. Over the Portland Timbers, a momentum builder, a nice uh, getting back to the the good old days of before last week uh, for the FCC winning games by one goal. Uh, it was a is a positive result. It never looked truly in doubt, although it was a bit nervy towards the very end of the game as whether or not they'd keep the win. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about here. We'll dive into some headlines in a second. But Chief, I got to ask, are you threatened by all of the AI generated voice clips that we've been throwing around in the discord this weekend um i've never felt more replaceable than, than this afternoon <laughs> yeah, and, and it's also too it's we're, we're sitting around on the discord like making ai recordings of ourselves based on clips from the <laughs> podcast and the recordings and it's we're having a good time with this until you step back and realize oh we're probably only a year or two away from someone being able to impersonate or do an AI recording of Joe Biden with the, hey, this is Joe Biden launched the nukes as a call made to the Pentagon. <laughs> right. There's some terrifying implications here. I mean, some of the clips we were making, I feel like could have could have caused havoc in FCC land. Um, Jonah, how tempted were you to just submit <laughs> AI generated headlines here and call tonight? <laughs> I was it was 90% of the way there and no I will send you the file and feel free to tag it on you know make it its own segment it only lasts about 20 seconds because that's the only issue is it read yeah. it read it way too fast um but you can after my headlines you can listen to fake Jonah maybe uh do his headlines and if you pick you know I'll leave it up to the listeners maybe they prefer the slightly, and I say slightly more robotic sounds of AI Jonah. So something to look forward to. You know, the real sad part about all this is that think of how useful this would have been to keep Nick from soccer on Knifey Lion Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we did use the soundboard and no one noticed. <laughs> like, I did think that was kind of weird. He said the same thing a few times. <laughs> That's no, great. And uh, Grayson, uh, just just to get your two pieces in here. A uh, lot of lot of potential to do some fake interviews, I think, going forward, like <laughs> to an uncomfortable, accurate degree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we need to tread lightly because we've, <laughs> <laughs> we we have we've 
not to give away the game a little bit, but we've we had the players <laughs> and staff saying some some fun things. Um and I just don't yeah. want I don't want it to be received in the wrong spirit. So let's figure out the best way to deploy so, this. Who yeah. who's the who would be the biggest get that we could do for the show with AI? Hmm. Anybody who's given a YouTube interview. <laughs> I mean, has Don Garber sat down for 10 minutes on YouTube somewhere? Because we could have an exclusive with the commissioner announcing a new expansion team. <laughs> we could hire Taylor Twelman to interview him. You could, why, yes. why, why does it have to be one of you guys? It may be time. It may be time for Ron Yans to set the, so, set the story straight. Yeah. <laughs> As he recites the lyrics. Oh no. I mean, finally. I mean shit, they're, do they're doing deep fakes on the uh with AI for music now. We can probably make Ron Yans, we can recreate the karaoke song as long as we know what the actual backing track is supposed to be. Oh no. <laughs> we can make an educated guess. Yeah. If we can't get the tape, we will release a doctored tape. We'll we'll hold the public hostage. Maybe that's maybe that's how we get the song name. Say if you don't release the song he was singing. We'll pick it for you. <laughs> and maybe, maybe our version is is easier. Maybe they're like, deal, go for it. I I do like the idea though of maybe blackmailing future guests into coming on by saying, "Hey, we already have an interview with you, and you admitted to cheating on your spouse. So if you want to actually go on the record with us, we're happy to delete that file." <laughs> I did do that fake Jeff Burning interview on KLR years ago. Yes. And that was just me. That was like the Beatles recording on a four track mono years ago. That's what it seems like compared <laughs> to that. Cause I was like chopping up just like little segments. And now I, that was totally unnecessary. I could have had him saying some wild shit, but it's <laughs> all for the best. Probably. <laughs> if only you could find a clip of, of Jeff talking for, you know, a minute <laughs> consecutively. <laughs> if only that existed somewhere. <laughs> Oh my god. Pat Brennan, if you're listening, I found enough of you. You've been, <laughs> you've been warned. A little bit Pat warned. Brennan know that his appearances on the podcast were just setting up for his voice to be deep faked. Like, no, Ooh. can you expand on that? Just a little more. We need, we need more A vowels. So if you could just talk to us about Aardvarks for a second. <laughs> it's like those old bad police procedural movies from the 70s and the 80s where they keep them talking. We need another minute to complete the trace. Now right. it's we hey, should, we're just gonna need thirty seconds more, and the AL have a lock on his voice. <laughs> we should get like a a sentence like they have in the Mission Impossible movies, where like in Mission Impossible Three, when he makes Philip Seymour Hoffman like read that sentence off the piece of paper, so he can get the yeah uh, voice calibration correct. We should just make our guests say certain words that <laughs> hit everything. <laughs> They do that in clear in uh clear and present danger with Harrison Ford. They're like analyzing the audio, like, well, he's Cuban, thirty six to forty years. I was like, Jesus! I was like, there's no way you knew that back then. But now I'm like, oh yeah, you got that. All also, easy. Easy. <laughs> also a plot point to what I consider to be one of those criminally underrated movies of the '90s, uh, Sneakers with Robert. Uh, sneakers is a classic. We should do that for the podcast in the absolutely. But there's the one scene where they. They fake they send this girl out going on a date with the villain and her whole goal is to get him to say all the words in his voice print identification that he uses to break into the building. <laughs> so she's like, eventually she just gets she just gives up. And I think there's a scene where she's just like, you know, what word really turns me on passport. 
<laughs> we'll try that one with Pat. We'll see. We'll, we'll just tell him the words that turn us on. We'll see how far we get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad we're only dealing it with Pat and not with some of our other guests. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Just Pat. <laughs> um, Watch yeah. out, Big Randy. You're gonna be a you're gonna be a permanent <laughs> special guest on this show. <laughs> oh man. So so many possibilities. Well, anyway, Jonah, we've kept you here way too long without a single headline. So I know I have my nap. I'm good to go. I'm good to go now. <laughs> it, was a, it was a thrilling victory. I'm sure uh, Broadway World and, and everybody else was <laughs> was writing about this one. What what did you find out there? <laughs> um could I uh could I ask a question first? Please. Since uh I have I woke up from my nap from this, so this is very important. I have a fair or foul that you guys I'm sure will have an answer for. Mm. Uh not to get Cincy baby talk on you guys, but I'll I'll try to get through this quick. So my six year my under under eight soccer, okay. Kevin, you're you're getting introduced to this world, right? I of am. young children um we're, attempting to play soccer. We're on an under four team, so oh, I see, soccer yeah, is <laughs> very generous. <laughs> I know all about that. I just watched FCC too. There you go. (laughs) This guy. (laughs) This guy, soccer's. Um, My son's under 18. He's playing. There's this goalie. He clearly doesn't know the rules too well, but he picks up the ball. It was early in the game. He kind of sets it down right in front of him. He's adjusting his shin guards. Okay, he picks it up again. He walks. He's in the box. He sets it down. He backs up as if it's like a free kick in the box. And because kids are dumb, they're just watching him. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll just wait for him to kick it. Like everyone is like, like it's a goal kick. Yeah. Everyone's standing there. So the question is, am I the asshole? I scream out to my son. Go take the ball. It's not a free kick. <laughs> walks up to the kid just like easily taps it away from him and just walks it into the goal. The other team's fans are like, can he do that? They're incredulous. His team's coach raises his arms up and it's like looking around. And like, I look over at the, at the other side and I'm like, sorry. I was like, so in my mind, the kids got to learn. It's not the, you know, you can't just put the ball down. There's rules in a soccer game, but it was a fucking hilarious moment. I actually have no regrets, but am I the asshole or was it time for that kid to learn? You can't just set that ball down, baby. That's a live. No, not only were you not the asshole in this situation, I think you should be commended. I think that the other coach should come over and thank you for educating his players a little bit in that moment. And all I can in my mind when you're telling this story, what I'm picturing you wearing is that FCC season ticket holder vest that they sent out that actually says season ticket holder on the back and when they're like looking at you you turn around and you just point i'm a season ticket holder asshole i know the rules learn the rules know the rules love the rules yes so i thought it was going in a little different direction and i i would think i i would agree you're not the asshole here um there's no asshole here i think but um I thought the she was gonna... that kid that put the ball down. That's an right. So I thought it was going to be a situation where like the kid made some technical violation of the rules and like the parents were complaining about that. Like, I think that's kind of an asshole move with young, yeah. young kids. But like, I think the, the first goal I remember scoring when I was, I think, six years old. The goalie was picking flowers. Like he was picking he was picking dandelions like on the side of the goal and I just noticed it and kicked it from outside the box and I could barely get it there and I just have this memory is very cinematic 
of the ball like <laughs> slowly rolling to the goal and people screaming at the at the goalie to like look up and the ball just finishes like an inch over the line <laughs> no i I wonder if the goalie remembers it. I feel like I scarred this goalie. A flower picker, he's doing something artistic right now. Yeah. So he's probably, he's probably pretty chill about it. He, he didn't care. He no, invented he AI voices, he, actually. No, he's, he's, in, he's in therapy currently talking about, so where did it all go wrong in your life? Well, I was just trying to have a good time, and this asshole. <laughs> that kid today, uh, what's uh, uh, Shepherd Fairy? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Jonah, let me ask you this. Are you guys keeping score and like tracking wins and losses at this point uh am i yes are the teams supposed to no okay but we win that's all that matters clifton versus north side so you know that's a rivalry oh you yeah. gotta let uh north side know what's up also i i told uh, arlo he'd get a matchbox if he scored a hat trick because i'm a bad dad <laughs> and he got a hat trick and i was like really you owe me that first goal <laughs> you don't score that goal unless i yell go get the ball like a dick on a silent <laughs> sideline but just when i heard this lady's voice say can he do that i wanted to be like yeah fuck yeah you can <laughs> and it's hilarious jonah uh, is like jonah's like the origin story for the evil head coach in the mighty ducks where he has the team's motto is it's not, not worth winning if you can't win big <laughs> well the other son's team is getting just like the shit kicked out of him every week so it's okay if my youngest one could do something uh i actually had to yell at a 13 year old ref today but let's get into the nice. game okay folks not important the ball was in his hands you can't kick it uh did you guys see this one in uh i almost asked where udinese was but i'm guessing folks that's the city um but i'm actually i cannot uh confirm or deny so this was from the new york times round trip transfer Udinese sends boot-bound Brenner back to Ohio after Stryker puts chili on pasta at Michelin-starred restaurant. I make it a, like a decency. Oopsie doopsie, says Brenner. I, really, I wrote these for the AI, so now I'm reading them. Oopsie doopsie hit pretty hard. That, Did that you see Doyle said he's never coming back? Yeah, Doyle's that? speculating that. I think even yeah. the entire Extra Time crew... Except for Tom Bogert, we're convinced that he's never playing another MLS minute again. So Why everybody who's not everybody who's not reliant on <laughs> Brenner's agent for up to date information is saying Brenner's never going to play again. In fact, no. uh, David Gass, who I guess doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, said that the transfer was a, in his words, excuse quote unquote for not playing yes <laughs> i would love it if brenner's agent was just you know stringing fc cincinnati along on this like oh yeah no he'll be back any day now and then <laughs> like his flight will be canceled or though we have to be a follow-up appointment it's just like every time he's supposed to be back for a game it's like oh another thing came up you know his he, he left his wallet at the stadium he had to turn around and go get it and missed another flight he swear to god he'll be on the next one <laughs> well this the seeds are already planted because uh, Laurel tweeted tonight, um, last night, if you're listening to this on Monday, that, um, you know, it's not uncommon for players to skip a month before the transfer <laughs> when they're being transferred in the summer. I, or maybe I, it was it's common for players to sit out a month before they're transferred in the summer. So the seat, like, it's already being, the groundwork's oh already God. being laid. It went from like, 
he wants to play for the rest of the season or the rest of the, you know, <coughs> window, let's say, and the floodgates are going to open because he's settled to, you know, he may miss some games right leading up to the transfer to maybe he's gone for all of June and maybe <laughs> he's not back by, you know, the end of this week for the for the New England game. Yeah, I like how these past two games don't count. So we we do, that's not a part of the him missing a month. It'll be just the entirety of May and also every game in June. But though that's that's one month that he'll be gone. <laughs> we're, soon we're going to be told it's common for players who don't play for your team to not appear for your team <laughs> since he's an Udinese player now. Right. Of course. I, I well, like I like the point that has been made multiple times, which is that this is common. This is common. This is common. I, I would say two things to that. One is, no, it isn't. Like, usually a transfer happens within a couple of weeks. Guys don't sit out weeks and weeks and weeks and months. Uh, maybe it happens you miss one game while you're while you're trying to sort this stuff out. That's pretty common. True. And the other part is, just because it's common doesn't mean you have to like it. I don't understand these people who are like, this is cool. I'm really glad that our $13 million designated player, you know, the guys that you only get three of on the team, uh, our designated player is completely and utterly opting out of playing for this team. Now, I understand FCC, yes, may maybe had wanted to sit him out a game to get this to get this medical done. That's fine. That wasn't the St. Louis game. That wasn't FCC's decision. This Portland game, sure. Or whatever game would have been the medical, sure. FCC doesn't want him to be missing for this much time. He's he's getting a salary to score goals for FCC. And when he is not doing that, that is a bad thing. And as a fan of FCC, I'm not a fan of Brenner. I'm a fan of Brenner on FCC. As long as he's on our team, that's great. But I'm a fan of FCC. I want I want them to do well. And that usually requires a designated player striker up top. And we that can, is what we don't have right now. I don't want to waste Jonah's time. Too I much, but I have. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I already, I already told a story about my six-year-old. Yeah, I, have a few, okay. I have a few. Like, I just because I was curious about like what other summer transfers have done, and it's kind of hard to um, search them because there's not like, as far as I know, on any of the main websites, just like a search you could run for, you know, summer summer MLS outgoing transfers or whatever, um, and then. Other times there's a weird situation where the player's like already on loan and then they get transferred directly from being on loan to another team or, you know, a player was injured for a lot of the first half of the season and is transferred out. Um, but I was looking for like significant players who were transferred in the summer window in recent years. And I found a couple examples. Um, Adrian Hunu, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, was transferred from Minnesota uh, at the end of June of last summer. He played on June 26. Um, Nicholas Mosquito was transferred from Colorado, also at the end of June, also played on June 26. Um, Teddy Castellanos was transferred to Girona on July 25th of last summer. He played for NYCFC on July 24th. Um, <laughs> Sam Vines joined Royal Antwerp on August 5th, 2021. He did not play the last month leading up to that for Colorado because he was at the Gold Cup that entire time. And he played in the Gold Cup final on August 2nd, uh, 55 <laughs> minutes against Mexico. 
Um, Matt Turner is like kind of a counter example, but Matt Turner also missed a lot of time and was dealing with injury the first half of the season. So like I kind of get yeah, that. he was um, allegedly a frostbitten toe fell off or something like that. <laughs> it was some weird conspiracy about theory Toby. about his frostbite. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's like, and I guess I guess I'll share these thoughts now and just get rid just finish the conversation from my perspective. But I've seen like a lot of kind of lines about the transfer that are things that I associate with like someone trying to put one over on you. Um, one is false deadlines. You know, Udinese apparently complaining about FC dragging their feet um, when they don't get to transfer him until July. Yeah, the window like, isn't even open. There's right? no, there's no reason why Udinese needed the, or Brenner for that matter, needed the deal to get done the day before the St. Louis game. Um, and, a well there's no deal specific reason but there may be other reasons like not having a very scoreless good season again you know <laughs> right. what's that another scoreless game right yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Sergio Santos showing you up some more um <laughs> uh, another one is treating a person like they're sophisticated so they like agree with you you know like the the used car dealer saying like oh i can see you know what you're doing so i'm going to skip some of the pleasantries or whatever you know, you get all the people saying like, well, if you understand the business of soccer, you know that 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 the, all of this is very common when there's so many counterexamples we've been providing. Like Jordi Mihailovic missed exactly one game last year due to his transfer. He went to the Netherlands to do his to do his um, to do his uh, 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 physical. Yeah. And that was the only game he missed because of the transfer. And he played the rest of the season for Montreal. The um, one, the one good example that was brought up by Mike in the Discord, uh, full credit to him, was the Philippe Coutinho from Liverpool to Barcelona, where Coutinho faked injury more or less for a month to help get that move along, and um, Liverpool fans did not like that. <laughs> like that was not a that was not a fan positive move uh, by him, and I don't think anybody would accuse Liverpool fans of not being knowledgeable soccer fans. I mean, I. I be happy to accuse American Liverpool fans of that. Um, but, but like they were not happy with their players sitting out as, you know, a fan of a team might be. And uh, the third kind of line I've seen is the, you know, quote, it's, it's, oh, this is standard, you know, like, and you see that a lot with stuff where you'll get like a, like a contract or whatever. And people will say, oh, well, this is a standard term. And it's meant to think like, oh, well, it's meant to make you like if you were smarter about self, contracts, yeah. you would understand yes. this. Yeah. So it's making yeah. you self-conscious like, oh, I, I've, if I ask questions about this, I'm going to reveal myself as naive when more often than not. It's they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. They were like, because there's so many like you, a actually sophisticated person will see a term that they don't like and they'll question it and try to like try to push back on it or make the other person justify yeah or why spell that it needs, out why that contract, needs to be there yeah yeah so <laughs> and it just feels like just very very basic lines and i just I, if the, anybody who thinks that like this was played perfectly by by Brenner and his and his team and by Udinese I really hope that like 
I'm selling you my house someday. <laughs> There's no sketchy people in Italian football. I got a bigger question. I was thinking about this and it could probably be answered by somebody in five seconds if I don't remember. This is important. Has Brenner, search your memory banks, kissed the badge or tugged the badge after a goal? I feel like I could picture a tug, but I can't confirm. Does anybody I know? I don't, don't recall. No. I, I feel like at least a tug. Was it a tug on the shirt or was it a tug on the, <laughs> badge? On the badge? Yeah, it's got to be on the badge to count. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I mean, could... I could go through his goal. High. I bet there's a goal highlight of the year. I, I, may, I might go through that because if he's never tugged or kissed, well, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. But you know who has tugged? I don't like you, it. You know, who, you know who has kissed the badge repeatedly? Of course. You Sergio mean, Jesus Santos. H. Christ. Oh, I thought you were going to say your <laughs> mascara. I was oh, like, yours okay. a mascara, <laughs> yeah. He, he's cried over that badge. Mascara has, are you yes. allowed to kiss a badge when you're on loan? It should be like in the loan agreement. You're not allowed to do that. Mascara filleted the badge. He could not get more intimate with the badge. Yeah. Santos. That's, yeah. Do you guys want Brenner to play under these scenarios? Do we think, I, I mean, think he wasn't, it, it's funnier know. if he doesn't <laughs> like to me, this whole story, the, the story of Brenner at FC Cincinnati and this, the drama involved. It's funnier if he just fucks off to Italy and never comes back because like, why would he, no one's very, no one's answered this question yet either. If you're Brenner, why would you come back and play? Yeah. Like I, Udinese doesn't want him playing and risking injury when they're spending all this money on him. From his point of view, he doesn't want to risk injury or risk being behind the eight ball when it comes to training to immediately get on the field and earn his spot with the team. I mean, if it were up to him, he'd rather be over in Italy, I would assume, getting settled, getting situated. So, yeah, no, I, I there is no motivation whatsoever for Brenner to play. And this idea that oh, well, now he'll be motivated because now he'll be motivated and the pressure will be off since he's not pushing himself to score goals in Europe. It's a fairy tale. I'm sorry. There's real money and real spots at stake here. And the idea that he's going to be going even harder for a team he's not going to be playing for in two months ahead of the biggest move of his career. I mean, the best case scenario with this, as far as I can see, is that you get a guy making business decisions on the field because his real priority is staying healthy for his next team that he's going to. So yeah. to me, I'd, a, I'd almost rather he do it from a competitive standpoint because I don't want a guy going 80% speed on this team. Yeah, that's I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a guy who's out there dogging it, who doesn't care about what happens to this team because hell he'll be gone before any real, you know, silverware gets won anyway. So what do I give a fuck? He's never going to see these people ever again. So if that's what we're going to get, then I'd rather him just stay there because then it makes him a convenient villain. And it makes this whole story just very funny that we ever believed that he would, Oh no, he's going to come back and play. It's dad's dad's going to come back from the store any minute. Now, once he gets those <laughs> cigarettes, it's like, fuck you talking about, man. <laughs> Chief, it's such a good point. It, it just made me think of this analogy. It would be like, I don't know, a coworker of yours putting in their two weeks notice and you going, now they're going to work extra hard. The pressure's <laughs> off. They've already got the next gig lined up. They're going to be the best employee for these next two weeks. <laughs> nah, man, they're out. They checked out. I don't give a shit um, about any of you. <laughs> but you know, if you think Brenner's checked out, um, he did watch the game. I saw this from uh, the Queen City Press. Um, I would have scored that. Brenner insists he would have finished Santos 1v1 because, quote, Portland's keeper wasn't Joe Willis. 
<laughs> I, was that the non-cross? No, yeah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, looked God. egregious from uh, the non-bougie side of the stadium because Vasquez is just so clear. And then the replay, it's like he once he didn't cross it immediately. You know, he could he could see a defender, and it's like, well, then he's probably thinking it's too late. But then for his shot to be like so sad so like bad. i mean yeah. Yeah, I well, it, it, it was a running theme if you actually watched the broadcast this game which i went back and did because i may have been a little overserved at the game and so i was trying to remember some of the finer points of what happened uh this was in broadcasting and cable um this game is easy how can all of you be this bad apple tv color commentator spends entire match suggesting what players should have done and how the game should be played I'm it's assuming that you actually watched the game, but whoever the color commentator was, was if you were to believe her, she probably was Messi and Ronaldo rolled into one because with every play and the Santos made me think of this. Oh, well, that was clearly the wrong move. He should have laid it off right there to, to, uh, to Vasquez. And they show the replay. And it's like he had maybe the tightest little window to lay that ball off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know what you're watching, but I guess you're the genius here. And, I think he, um, I think he could have laid it off, but I think it was, I think it was it harder than people very think. Very good play. <laughs> I think it was harder than people think, and I think the decision to shoot was defensible. He just yeah. should have done a better job with it. But <laughs> if you he know, scores the goal, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody, right? Nobody's nobody's perfect. And <laughs> Vasquez also, was so mad that it looked worse because I haven't I haven't seen Vasquez like that demonstrative I, after not getting the ball. Like he was. Because he knew it's like if that made it to him, it's a tap in, and he was like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> so that didn't help anything. It was nice was seeing a- Vasquez fired up like that, though. Yeah, I will yeah. say, but there were also multiple things like it wasn't just Santos like that. I think Vasquez had a one v one where he just scuffed the ball directly into the keeper, and then there was another one v one at a different point in the game. I think it was Santos again where he mishits the ball, and th- they wasted a lot of breakaway opportunities in that game. A lot of guys put balls into the side of the net. And like yeah. the the one that really stuck stuck out to me because it was would have been so pretty if he had come off was the one where Santos uh crossed it to Vasquez. And that was a tough angle for sure. But it was it was there. Yeah. Was he the same one? Did he cross it to Barial, who then hit it like off his chest and blasted into the side netting? Yeah. Or did I... yeah, that also happened. Uh, no. There were twice where essentially half the stadium was fooled into the side netting goal. It's always my favorite. <laughs> yeah, there's no better moments at an actual live sporting event than the half the stadium cheering that can't tell that the ball went side netting instead of actually into the goal. This is you love this, Kevin, because after. Now, both of our goals, I immediately like had five seconds of like looking around at the refs. Yep. So I don't even know what in those situations, like handball offside, something else happened. Like I now am so afraid to celebrate because the lights will go off even when goals have not been called, like (laughs) the flags up and our, our, you know, the lights are flickering. They're doing the thing. Yeah. So it kind of takes out the instant. Uh orgasmic i'm telling you the but. var has <laughs> has ruined it because in a lot of situations var being implemented tells 
the the assistant referees, the sideline folks, to keep their flags down until well after the play, rather than calling it exactly as they see it. And I completely agree. If you look at Vasquez's goal, uh, he takes a few seconds beat because it was a weird scramble in the box where he's looking at the AR and like. Just because their arm isn't up doesn't mean it's not about to be up. So he has to like yeah. lock eyes with them for a while before he he recognizes it's okay to celebrate. And yeah, it, it just it steals joy. They're thieves of joy. That's that's VAR. Yeah, this the officiating was in, wasn't uh, great in this game either. I think that was pretty obvious as well. So it wouldn't have surprised me if one of those would have been called back for some phantom nonsensical reason. We yeah. got away with that little handball at the end. I don't know if you saw that nobody, ball change directions off Gaddis. Right nobody I did. called for it. <laughs> oh, oh. The, the one, last play they did, the, the Timbers, because then they blew the, the game play, dead. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. thank God. Right. Thank God. I was like, do not give them a free kick at the last second here. Get He's like, help. let's just end this game. <laughs> there, was, there was one in the box that, from my angle, looked like a handball, but I realized like it could not have possibly been because it looked extremely egregious from from where I was sitting, but nobody from Portland called for it. And then there wasn't like a stoppage or review or anything. So yeah. I thought, I thought maybe you were talking about that one. I, I did find a headline um, about the officiating. This was from a uh, guns and ammo magazine. Funny story. I left it in my other pants. Ref explains why red card was never shown to Portland despite multiple opportunities. <laughs> so um, am I the only one that kind of thought that that Wobodo direct shoulder to the head with no attempt made to play the ball in the air that just laid him the fuck out should have been an easy red card call <laughs> well i i thought so too but then i realized that that guy had been signed um specifically uh for that play uh, i saw this in ad busters the pain train's coming Albina Nwoboto introduced a new Portland Timbers signing, Terry Tate, office linebacker. <laughs> now there's a callback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it gave you the look of, uh, it's not like a kind of under the radar challenge. It was like he went flying in the most dramatic way possible. Um, who was it? Was it Cody Cropper? Who's the guy who like had the neck, who like scorpion his neck? Who was our, was that our goalie or was the other team's goalie? Cody Do you remember Cropper. the game I'm talking about? Was it Cody Cropper who who like bent? He like flipped upside down. It was a home game, and I can't remember if it was Argo. Was, or who it was wasn't it Cody Cropper? But when he was playing for Vancouver, yeah, that's it. That's yes, exactly what okay. it was. Yes, that was the most absurd looking thing I've ever seen. But yeah, seeing <laughs> Wobodo fly through the air, and then like I'm like, oh, he's concussed. He's out of the game. It's like we can't catch a break with this guy. But uh, so and, uh, on, I watched. I rewatched that foul. And one, uh, the initial, one of the announcers, uh, the guy announcer, I don't, I, don't know their, I don't know their names. The guy said when it happened, he's like, oh, two players going for the ball. And then when they showed the replay, the woman at least recognized one player was going, one for the player ball. was going for the ball. <laughs> the other guy was a hundred percent going for, going for the man. Uh, he does turn his shoulder into Wobodo. And then just something really weird happens because you can hear them say, after Obi gets up, uh, it's his ribs, not his head. <laughs> they don't. They don't check him for a. They, they don't. They didn't check him for like a concussion or anything. It was they said, weird. Oh, they said he yeah. got to stay yeah. in because it was his ribs. 
Yeah, Taylor Twelman's about to bust into the stadium like the Kool-Aid man. Being all pissed off. And yeah. but they made Espria come off, the Portland player, uh yeah. because they said he got a head injury, right? Or because he, he was tended to by medical staff. I thought that was the rule. Was that if you had to have medical staff come onto the field, you had to step off until you were waved back I in. I don't think if you're fouled. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. If you're the victim. I appreciate that at least because yeah, you could just <laughs> knock out their best player every so often. But I think um, if you're fouled and you get and it's a head injury. They do have to pull you off and check you. Okay. Which is okay. why it was so important that it be his ribs. <laughs> sure. <It's> like, yes. <laughs> red cards are so like you could give somebody the lightest headbutt that you know. Yes. Didn't hurt at all. That's a red card. There was one um three game suspension Diego, is what that is. Diego Diego Costa, you know, he's an instigator. He gets a guy to like stomp back at him. Like yeah. like he was like behind him messing with him. The guy like stomped back. Barely gets him at all. That guy's sent off, but you know, as long as you use your shoulder, you fly through the air with great force and take out, uh, you know, a strong guy himself who goes flying through the air. You know, that's all part of the game. It's just weird that it's like we choose these things that way they might not impact you as much. Don't get called yep. the same way. But if you remember Kubo getting absolutely fucking wrecked, was that two seasons ago now where he didn't get that call? Remember, he's on the end line. He got like trucked. It was last season. I think last that, year. That yeah. went all the way to like the club complaining to the refs like, all right, this is fucking bullshit. Like, right. and then, cause they like scored like after that. <laughs> yeah. After he got fucking wrecked. That Miami uh, game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was fucking brutal. But uh, anyways, what made that even more annoying too <clears throat> is one, as Priya goes on to score their, their one goal, but it was maybe 10, 15 minutes later, he, truck somebody in the corner and it's just a foul where i think in most situations it would have been a yellow card but he somehow is given that like extra bit of grace having already gotten a yellow card that now his next yellow has to be you know a certain threshold of yellow to warrant it because he'll be sent off and for a player like that, it was already demonstrated his willingness to, uh, I don't know, put other players in harm's way. Like, it's just giving him cover to be more of an asshole. And that, that to me, was was maybe the most frustrating part of it, was it, it actually protected him the rest of the game. Yeah. Was he the one who clipped Lucho, too? Yeah. Yeah, he was and all then, over the place, man. He, uh, like, he's running down and, like, he's, like, with the break. Uh, yeah, Char, the Char, No, Chara got... Lucho. Uh, I got a yellow no, for that. No, okay. No, Charo was not the one who who took it. Like when Lucho like went horizontal and fell down. This was like in the 80th minute or so. Because I just watched the replay. Because like he's like pointing at the ball and he's like keeps making the ball motion. Mm. He comes nowhere yep. near the ball. Yep. I know yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, I also yeah. I know Lucho falls down a lot, but you know if you take his legs out. You know, that's actually a foul. He will fall down, too. <laughs> but did you see this? Speaking of Lucho, this was in um, Highlights Magazine. Extension or die. Derelict Lucho shaves beard to participate in Kids Eat Free Nights as penny-pinching <laughs> FC drags their feet on new contract. <laughs> Come on, Post. You guys... Where's this? Where's this extension you guys were talking about? Jesus Christ! I, I think we Another have swing and a miss. We we went from the the informal steps. I think everybody was in jorts to the formal steps. <laughs> yeah. Somebody somebody's wearing a tie. I don't know if we've gone black tie formal though. So we'll we'll be on lookout for that. <laughs> they got the bedroom lights on now. I, I did. <laughs> I did see a similar uh, or another Lucho Acosta story. This was in Sports Illustrated for Kids. I must ask you a question. 
Lucio Acosta <laughs> Sports New Look cosplaying as 1930s silent film villain. <laughs> like the you, you bringing up that he still has a mustache kind of ruins my kids eat free thing like who's this kid with a fucking weird mustache there was, there was always like a kid in like junior high like, on like the other basketball team who had a mustache it's the dirt was like six foot yeah. four and had a mustache so what was funny about this was that so before they actually posted a picture of what like lucho's new look i think it was laurel that was tweeting about, oh, you should like Lucho's new look will be a topic of discussion for the fans. And then she described it as slicked back hair and tiny mustache. And I'm like, that's Adolf Hitler. She's talking about. <laughs> that's a look that hasn't played for a while now. I really wanted to also see John Argentina. Waters. Yes, it's also in Argentina. I just really wanted to see John Waters Lucho. That's let's let's go to that stage of his career. The, the hair was not what stuck out. Yes, definitely his face. Uh, we shouldn't bury the lead here. Our man, our U.S. men's national team man, back on the score sheet, and this was in. Um, I don't know. High Times Magazine. Superman returns. Vasquez finds form after Santos' scuff shot leads to deflected point-blank goal. <laughs> Bundesliga on high alert. <laughs> He's back, everybody. I don't know if you diminish it, so good to see him out there. I also uh, found a headline about, uh, about our beloved striker. This was in Broadway World Magazine. <laughs> uh, whatever Brandon wants, Brandon gets. FC striker scores goal and shows off devilish good looks. After midweek stint with the damn Yankees. Hey. <laughs> there we My go. Nana would approve. Oh, man. I, How was uh, he? I, I watched yeah. the first half, but like kind of casually. Was he? I, he, he seemed, nobody seemed that great in the USA game. No. He didn't stick out in any way, bad or good, from what I remember. It was, uh, it was a snoozer, I want to say. And like, I'm happy to say that, like, I don't know, everybody watching always goes like, oh, this team isn't set up for, for Vasquez to succeed. And I, I hate to tell those people, but that's how the U.S. men's national team plays and that's how they will continue to play. So if yeah. he's not a good fit, he's probably not going to be a mainstay for the <laughs> team. Vasquez was always going to be a, a change of pace striker. Right. He right. was not going to be, he was not like the starting striker. He was going to serve the role where we need a goal. And we're going to try something else. Yeah. And I don't see like, so I don't, I don't really see a problem with what people are saying that they're, that they're starting him in this role and giving him no service and expecting him to produce when he would have been better off, frankly, later in the game when they were sending a lot more balls into the box. Yeah. I the think that's fair. About, the other thing too about all this is that, I mean, they just hired a new sporting director from Sunderland, I think. Southampton. 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 Um, <laughs> Sunderland would have been better. terrible. Would have been brutal. No, so they just hired a new sporting director from Southampton. And everything you know about the U.S. men's national team may be different this time six months from now in terms of the style they want to play, the tactics they're going to employ. So while it's not set up for Vasquez right now, just, you know, wait a minute and let's see what happens. Maybe when Jesse Marsh coaches. <laughs> They uh they were they were after Jet wasn't Southampton yep. after Jesse Marsh and it was the same guy same sporting same director guy. yeah mm. surprised we didn't go after the Wrexham sporting director <laughs> I'm only two episodes in guys don't tell me I've don't seen me. I've seen no episodes <laughs> and we'll probably never see an episode oh, spoiler alert <laughs> I, yeah, I think I know how season two ends <laughs> but I did start watching and I was like 
I like the Sunderland show better. <laughs> I don't know. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It just struck me better. Um, I got one more, folks, and this is really, really topical. And this is from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Just remember, folks, players read your mean tweets. Bobby Edwards still reeling after FC fans mocked his pronunciation of Tifos four years ago. So there's real people on the other side of these screens, guys. I, and I don't want you to lose sight of that. Tifus. I'm an idiot. I'm a big believer that if you go searching your name on Twitter, you deserve to see the worst of what humanity has to offer. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not being added, just enjoy the ignorance. I know. I don't. I don't Grant Wall was one RIP. I'm not speaking ill of the dead, but who would like, man, you weren't even tagged in this. <laughs> you were just looking for some action. And uh, you know, retrospectively, I almost respect it. Pushing, I got into pushing. an argument with Grant Wall because I, I tweeted about um, a Jeff Cameron interview where he says Grant Wall took some of his statements out of context yeah, just to like provide, you know, what Jeff has said about that. And then Grant Wall started replying to me. <laughs> and I was right. like, dude, I don't care. I'm just <laughs> saying what this guy said. All right. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being fucked up idea, one being not fucked up idea. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> you can have Grant <laughs> Wall on the show. I already knew you were going to say on. that. <laughs> Didn't uh, there's a German tabloid that I guess gets gets their kicks by picking on the uh, the Schumacher family. Like they've had a whole bunch of what you would describe as clickbait headlines in the past where it was like Schumacher finds new girl uh, or new love or something like that. It was a story about his daughter, like his daughter was just born and, and things like that. Um, and they did a recent one where they uh, they basically did exactly that. They did a fake interview with Schumacher and uh, like didn't tell the family or whatever and they published it as a real thing and then said haha it was a prank later like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what you get for being a vegetable Schumacher <laughs> not responding to our interview requests brutal um, you know speaking of people on the other side of screens please <laughs> they did make a movie about Brenner's transfer it's oh, actually yeah. on Apple Plus it's called Ghosted <laughs> oh <laughs> I fell asleep to ghosted on Friday. So that's how you know the wife was out of town. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild, wild Friday. Um, I don't Maybe. know, man. If we're not allowed Sorry. to criticize players, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> hey, no one's ever stopped stopped us as dry as they may um no i was trying i was thinking of bad because I, I was gonna do movies tonight and then like for some reason i was looking at the i was looking at the box office i was like what are these and then i was like looking at the top 200 on like imdb i was like oh i've done these um <laughs> did you see the actually one best picture they made a movie about um a guy from boston telling you what mark zuckerberg did in college did you see this it's called Coda. No? It's, no? Anyone? Coda? I was just trying to it's, see. It's, it's, <laughs> stupid. it's like Coder, Kevin. Yes. No, I Go got with it. the Boston accent. I, I got it. <laughs> it. It added up. I was trying to think if there, if there were. Ben Grayson, he said Apple TV, and he, I know that it was Apple. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that was an Apple, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are we uh, talking about soccer? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I did have another. I did have another headline that I saw. Please. You know, I'm just it has nothing to do with Apple TV or coding. save me, please. Wait, wait, Wanna. wait. Before you do, there's another good <laughs> Apple TV uh, movie that relates to Brenner's uh, transfer, and that is the world's greatest beer run. So there you go. He's just going to Italy for some for some brewskis. <laughs> they made they made an Apple TV show about what uh, FCC scout texted when he found when he uh, identified uh, Yuja Kubo. And that was found Asian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but did you see this guy's in the Boston Globe? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Dine in only after 7 p.m. New FCC team policy explains lack of delivery on set pieces. Hey. There you go. They are really bad at set pieces. It is very weird. It feels like the one thing you could coach like pretty regularly. And it's the one thing also, we're really bad at. I also don't understand why every announcer, whenever Lucho goes to take a set piece, well, it's always some variation of, oh, and he's deadly on these set pieces. <laughs> no, he's not, man. <laughs> Barial took one and it was the best set piece of the night. And then Lucho proceeded to just fuck up every single other one. <laughs> Lucho's Lucho is a jazz musician. He's not like a symphony orchestra player. He needs like the there movement, the improvisation. You don't want to just sit him down and, you know, think about executing this one specific thing perfectly. If he has sheet music in front of him, he's done for. He's, he, they should, he gets anxiety knowing what comes next. They should have Lucho start his set pieces in the box. So then Ooh. he runs from the box as everyone goes into motion and then runs to the corner and takes it. He doesn't have to, if he stops moving, <clears throat> it doesn't work for him. But if they make him like move around and do some <clears throat> shit and stay active, I think his set pieces would be a lot better. I just have him stand like 10 yards to the left or right of the ball and just pass him the ball and then he can hit it while it's rolling. I feel like you'd get 10 times better results out of him. Or maybe just like have another teammate stand there with his legs spread apart so that Lucho can nutmeg him as part of the set piece delivery. <laughs> stand over the ball, Barrial. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> Chief, you'll uh, you'll have a take on this. Am I? I've thought about this often on free kicks. The CFL, how their their motion pre snap is like they can do more. They can basically be sprinting towards the line as you hike it. Yeah, the Has any the team CFL ever tried that? The CFL and the NFL is you can be moving towards the line of scrimmage in motion, whereas the I, NFL you have to be moving lateral. I love that. Why can't we try that on a free kick? <laughs> We're setting up and just have, I mean, you could time it like, well, he's going to kick it when this guy's about to break off sides. It feels doable in some free kick sense where you have one guy sprinting full speed right when you're about to kick the ball. Am I talking crazy? Is it possible? Isn't this, wasn't this the season finale to Ted Lasso? I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> was it? Oh, no. No, I'm a, but it's I'm the similar. American. It's similar. I like your idea, Jonah. I also like it because I was thinking, well, they would just not kick it if your guy is sprinting towards them. But now you've put that thought in their head and maybe your guy sprints up to the 10 yard line and then stops. And now they're no, just. I'm thinking on offense. I'm thinking on offense. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking on defense. I want the wall rushing to the ten <laughs> yards to meet them when the ball hits. I'm the other way around, man. This is way better. <laughs> I like that idea because that's even more absurd. Like, yeah, I'll just not kick it. Yeah, I'm thinking someone's coming up from behind, running full speed, and then you kick it as he's, you know, you time it. It wouldn't be too hard. Instead, you have like Junior Moreno, like hops three yards offsides right before they kick it, and then like hops back. Like, yeah. how about we have some guy? 
actually sprint and cause some havoc. Just something, just something to think about. Now, has, anyone ever, ten has anyone ever tried the psych out from basketball where you just stand like 10 feet away and just say some fucked up shit about the guy's mom before he takes the free kick? I think that's what uh, Kellen Acosta does. <laughs> <laughs> Last guy did that guy head butted in the chest, I think. I'd say GB would have tried that. <laughs> <laughs> Called Zidane's mom a whore. Also, the uh, speaking of Lucho, that little, f- I think it was the, at what set up Santos's run yes. where he didn't cross it. Lucho does this little flick kind of like his goal against Nashville, the, um, that two, two opening game against Nashville, like two years ago, where we thought we might be good. Um, he just like casually like lifts it over the guy right on the sideline and dribbles down 99.9% of the players in MLS. It looks easy. Cannot do that. (laughs) It's such like a tiny thing. And you watch it. You're like, well, that's easy. He just like kind of flicked over the guy. How many times have you seen anybody else do that? Just like, while dribbling, lift it over, keep running, and just like within like a foot of the sideline, like nobody else, yeah, can the, really do that. So that's genius, why that's the why genius of Lucho Acosta is that he tries things that no one else would ever dare to try. The downside of Lucho Acosta occasionally is that he tries <laughs> things that absolutely no one else would ever dare to try. Uh, he, he has that Ronaldinho quality of like he is half playing the team game to win and he's half like there to have fun and try to humiliate the defenders and try shit. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah. He told Steck in an interview, I don't know if it's last year. He's like, I love doing my little tricks. Like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, it's like, the, Oh my God, he admitted like thing, but like, he's like, obviously he does, but I love that. He's acknowledged it. Like, you know, he's like, I get off on my nutmegs. Like, it's like, clearly, he's like, you guys might think I do this too much. Like, this is what fuels me. So, yeah, keep keep nutmegging. Keep doing what you're doing. Because when it works, it's fucking amazing. It's probably a good thing that he didn't go over to Europe because I feel like it would have been harder or teams might have been more inclined to put a boot through him trying that. He he can get away with it in MLS. And it's he still would have had some highlights, though. Yeah, he would have had some PSG highlights, even it's, if there was no end result. That's true. Think about like his highlights from atlas where he like barely played but you could still put a whole highlight reel together of him just doing like really fun stuff yeah that's true that's true and league isn't exactly the cream of the crop when you get to the bottom half of that table so farmers all farmers (laughs) farmers and bakers all right well that was a quick one i'll get out of here then what is it 53 minutes in just just go ahead and we did win though right i do one baby i do i I want to hear if you got more headline i'm i I want to hear i got one final headline please Please. this is is just a great way and a non-controversial way to wrap up here this was in uh this was in politico uh who do i look like ron desantis FCC coach Pat Noonan scoffs at suggestion team do more to stop transitions. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> respect him getting into the political waters. Uh, well, with our right, new well, AI voices, we can have yeah. him jump in with both feet. <laughs> what, a, what a crazy headline for AI chief to to read just now. Right? <laughs> Clearly wasn't me. Well, who haven't we? Ins- Is there anyone I could insult before we get off the? The ghost of Grant Wall. Um, who else? No. 
Have we, I think, I think have we kicked enough. Alan Koch yet? I feel like he dodged it somehow this episode so far. <laughs> oh, that's a good one for the AI. Yeah. He's got a very <gasps> specific voice. Not what that about, I what about, don't like uh, Dust Harks. Hang on. We got to do, you got to do the train <laughs> episode, but with, with Koch's AI voice now. <laughs> what yeah, if we did so. a uh, AI of Niall McCabe admitting that he made up the, D- the GB Bytes story? You have to find an interview where somebody wanted to talk to Niall McCabe. Hey, sure hey. thing. You probably just Jam- call him and get the audio. We could have James O'Connor. If you had James O'Connor do it, he has a voice that like I can kind of picture a little nasally, a little whiny sounding. So that would be a good one. The oral like, history yeah, of the GB bite where every character involved is AI generated. <laughs> I mean... We, and then Ron Yans shows up. <laughs> who do we who do we have audio from on the podcast? We've got audio from Jimmy. We've got audio from Mitch. We've Mitch, got audio Wida. from Wida. Mike <laughs> Watts. Close. Mike Watts. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, we're a James O'Connor and a Jeff Birding away from getting everybody but GB. So. <laughs> Nonstop flight, the AI version. <laughs> it's the very erotic. <laughs> Everything gets sexual for some reason. <laughs> oh. All right. There's All no right. good way to get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for coming by. <laughs> hey, Rise together, uh, Jonah. Find us Wednesday. You know where we'll be. <laughs> find the big head, maybe. All right. Opie lives. I can't. God bless you all. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I didn't have a headline for this, but I am going to drop in some in the chat some real um audio okay from uh the end of the game when yerson mascara went down this is a conversation between yerson and the ref i don't know if kevin can drop it in for for the folks but um i do think it's it's important that we get this out i'm taking a nap you want to take a nap i'm taking a nap here okay take a nap right there then <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it's exactly that's exactly how how it went down too. So, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Just <laughs> there's a moment I always do it with mascara. There's a moment where I go, oh shit, is he hurt? This is the end of the season, and then they go, all oh, right, it's mascara. He's a hundred percent fine. He was excellent yet again. Yes. And he gave us everything you possibly could have wanted I, from, from him that game. I There's going to be a point probably towards, I don't know, sometime in September. I'm going to start being annoyed at how good he is just because we can't keep him. So, like, I love it now, but it's going to get annoying that he is so good. So, like, what I've started to do in my head with mascara is I've started to look for flaws just to make it easier <laughs> to say and justify my take of, well, you know, even if he was available to us, I don't know that we'd want him anyway. Um, so yeah, I will note. Yeah. So I'm going to start a running item on this podcast now where every podcast, I'm going to point out a Yerson mascara flaw that I noticed in the game. Okay. So that you and everybody else at home can uh, get comfortable with the idea that maybe we never wanted him in the first place. Okay. So I like this game. <laughs> after watching back this, uh, this match at the end of the first half, I made a note. Uh, Mascara was caught ball watching on a Portland counter near the end of the first half and gave up a free header that should have been a goal on his man. So in that moment, he switched off and that's just not a guy you want on your team. I don't think long term No, off the island, off the island. (laughs) 
<laughs> voting him out. Now we do need to be careful because we might be hurting his feelings here. So we'll just have to. We'll have to I, didn't, I didn't tweet it. You have to listen this deep into the show to find it. <laughs> I, I imagine anything you say at 59 minutes in is pretty safe. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just the three of us now listening. To, so, uh, so talking about the, so just overview of this game. Yeah. Um, big picture stuff, big picture stuff right here. They got the win. And mm-hmm. the most important part, like, okay, that's like, haha, you know, that's, that's important to win. But this game was important to win because like we said on the Thursday episode, you don't want one loss to become two losses and you don't want to get in the habit of dropping points. So this is back on their winning ways, back winning at home, which is the recipe for success for a, for a good team in this league. So I think this win meant more than just a win over a Western Conference opponent. This was a get right game and sort of steered the season back onto the proper course that they're looking for. So I think this was a this was a really good bit of man management and game management by Noonan to get the win out of this game by whatever lever and whatever button they had to push. And I would say it's another thing that we would have wanted to see, which we saw, I think, was <clears throat> incremental improvement on the offense. Yep. Um, you know, Santos looked dangerous. Obviously, he got he got the goal, and that's four on the season for him. He's the leading scorer. Brandon got another goal. Um, I, every, Lucho, I think, looked like really fun and good. Yeah, yeah. For didn't, for the game, you wouldn't know, you know he had been sitting out. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of opportunities. Um, again, like we're gonna want to see them finish those. At a, at a higher clip. Yeah. Um, but getting both goals, having those, those goals come from Santos and, and Vasquez from, I know that the Vasquez goal was from, a, you know, kind of a, maybe a miss hit, maybe a pass from Santos, but I would say like, <laughs> say went like, down as an assist in the book. Yeah. Both of those plays though, were like, both of those goals were like repeatable good plays. Yeah, like like the sequences, like the buildup, you know. Yep. Like they, those were offense generating goals, and the offense was generating opportunities. And I was I was pretty happy overall with the progression of the offense. And I think, um, you know, uh, Matt Doyle made a pretty good observation about the runs that Santos is making um, and the work he's putting in. Mm-hmm. being a, a a positive uh for the for for the offense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's stayed healthy so far this point in the season. You do have to wonder if him turning it on so much is the Brenner replacement and they don't try to refill Brenner's spot elsewhere. I mean, I know we'd want to target striker, but I mean, at what point does benching Santos or Vasquez start to look like a silly decision where your midfield could really use more depth or you could get creative and sign a U22 outside back considering Arias can't stay healthy and Gaddis was very good, but he's old. I'm happy with Santos, you know, hand up. I didn't see Santos as a goal scorer. I saw him as a chaos creator and, um, I have I didn't see this coming. 
He's played incredibly well. He's played efficiently too. four goals and only 300, 310 minutes played so far, which is, you know, a hell of a clip to project out to in terms of goal production. If he was actually playing with more minutes and more regularly, I don't think he is a Brenner replacement. I think he's a Vasquez replacement. Mm. Um, I don't think that you can avoid buying a striker with Brenner's spot just because you have to anticipate at some point that you'll be losing Brandon Vasquez as well. And you can't then invest money into a different position because then you're going to be looking for playing with two Tam strikers. I don't think that's a recipe for success in this league. I just don't. Um, I like to what Grayson was saying. I like the idea that this the offense isn't scoring goals in bunches, but they're creating chances in bunches. There were multiple breakaways where they got 1v1s, 1v1s versus the keeper and took bad shots to finish them off. But the process that led to that and the process of the offense creating chances, I thought was really, really good in this game. I'm just waiting and I just need to see at some point here soon that four goal output or that, you know, 3-0 win or something where it feels comfortable and they produce some goals and they produce some the opportunities turn into multiple goals. And I, I just need to see this team blow somebody out. Like I just need to see that they can do that because it still does feel like they're playing with fire in a lot of these games by not putting away chances and letting teams linger in games. Like they got lucky in this game that Portland didn't pull one back at the end of the first half, they gave up a bunch of really good looks there. They were trying desperately to let Portland back in this game. And then they score the second goal and Portland immediately answers. And it's again, because they can't put distance between themselves and Portland. There's nervy minutes to finish the game out. But I, it's hard to be mad about anything that happened in this game. I thought it was just a good quality get right win. Yeah. And Chief, to your point, uh, just quickly pulling up. Santos's stats uh going back to the very beginning of his career it looks like in one season he's never topped like 12 goals um at least in the regular season he's not got past nine goals in a regular season he's already got four on the year so he's well on his way to having a career year this year i th- i think that's a that's a fair call out there for sure um but the other piece of this and i, I guess in my mind i thought he was older uh he's but 28 years old so he is you'd say now in his prime uh maybe towards the backside of it but no reason to think he can't have two three more years uh as productive if not slightly more productive if he stays healthy and fcc builds around him he clearly i mean if if the striker whisperer that is uh, Dom Kinnear can can get his finishing right, which so far so good, uh, he has elite speed. I mean, this this could be someone that <laughs> Lucho is feeding for years to come, assuming contract situations allow. Um, yeah, one of his yeah. seasons, remember that he only had eight goals for Philadelphia. That was the COVID year. Mm, yep, and he was actually there. Um, he was their leading scorer. When they won the the um, supporter shield, shield. Yep. Uh, on the shortened season, uh, but the other thing I want the other thing I'd add about Santos is, um, you know, when we signed him, there was kind of an uproar on yes. social media from Phillies players, like people posting on their Instagram stories how disappointed they were. You know, he seems to have been very popular in that locker room, 
And I think we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that this year. Like you see how the players like mobbed him after his goal, how yeah. he went up to Brandon and had that little he was like, you know, banging Brandon like on the head and yeah. just really excited for Brandon to get that goal. Reading Even his, earlier in the, yeah. I think he's got great yeah. body language and he seems like a great guy to have on the team. And like ir- irrespective of the goals, but I really Really appreciate the goals as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to read his lips. I think he is uh, screaming at Brandon. That's my boy. So it's even <laughs> even better. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Th- I mean, this game, like we said, like it's been sort of the running joke that FCC wins by one goal. Um, and I, I think to this game, like there's a there were a lot of factors going in off the field for both sides. Like I think it'd be fair to say. Portland was missing, what, seven players, their starting goalkeeper and head coach uh, in there as well. And you might be thinking, well, this would be the time that FCC should turn it up. But if, if you remember, you know, we have Brenner out now. Lucha was missing from a lot of practices leading up to this. I think even Obi was a question mark uh, to some degree here. And midweek, three of our best players, maybe our three best players, were all with the U.S. men's national team and and taking uh, red eyes back and forth from Arizona. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot going on in this game to and get us Portland, to this point. Remember Portland was missing all but one of these players last week yeah. when they beat Seattle like three or four to one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and Portland is supposed to be a good team. Like the fact that they were losing to start the year was confusing. Shocking. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody saw that coming. It's not like a, a DC or a Houston where you would have expected them to be struggling. Um, so I thought that was good. One thing, though, uh, just because... I mean, we got to nitpick a little bit, right? Uh, a, a troubling thing I've noticed uh, in Roman's game this yeah. this past weekend was he's doing he's doing the Kenneth Vermeer special, which is he's deflecting the shot, but deflecting it right into probably the worst place on the field to be dropping it. He got beat the one time. That's where their goal came from. There was at least one other time I can remember where the ball was sitting in front of an open net, and thank God Haglin cleared it out before a Portland player was there, but there was one where he, there was one where he knocked the ball, not very far from him. Yep. Basically right onto a Portland player's head. Yes. And, uh, and fortunately his header went over the goal. Yes. Yep. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up here in a second. And I am noticing a regression in Roman Celentano. And it's not just the point about him deflecting more balls versus collecting them and, you know, controlling the, the, the area. I think his distribution has slacked off as well. Um, more opportunities or more times I've been seeing in recent matches, saw it at least once, maybe twice this game, of the boot the ball out of bounds mm-hmm. off, a, off a restart and immediately concede possession. Um, the 50-50 balls he's putting out there aren't great. Um, I, I know that that was something that we were looking at at the start of the year, and we had noticed that, oh, Roman's distribution has gotten better from last year. I, I think there's been a regression in the last couple of weeks. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's, you know, just the law of averages or, you know, he's run himself a little ragged going between these two camps and doing a lot of different things and trying to show out for the national team. And I don't know how that works in your psyche. And it's a game of inches when it comes to 
your headspace being right versus your headspace being off. But just keep an eye on that. And I wonder if there might not be an opportunity here to get Alec Khan a few minutes with the first team just to give Roman a chance to catch his breath over what's happened over the last few weeks. Been big for him personally. He's a huge part of this team right now, but it, it might do him some good to get a game or two off here in the next couple of weeks. I actually don't agree. Um, I mean, I I agree that I think Are we he's... allowed to have differing opinions on this podcast. Hang on, no, just got, we're no. monolithic. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> I, I you know I think I think Romans had a couple of rough games, and you know I think Saturday was probably another one of them. Mm-hmm. Since he's a young player and we've seen him play really well, I'm going to assume until it becomes a trend that this is a young player who is still getting adjusted to his career as a professional, you know, with the national team thrown in with just having more games with seeing more different teams. You know, this is the first year he's been a starter from, from day one. Um, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's like always linear up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that you do struggle sometimes and I think he deserves and he's earned a chance to battle out of it. Um, well, I'm not calling I, for him to be benched. No, by no, any no, but, the imagination. but I don't think it's good for like his goal. Like your starting goalie typically plays when healthy every game. And I don't think it's necessarily good for a young player's confidence to to bench him even for a game or two. Um, unless he's, unless he's really hurting the team and it's a situation where you think we might have to move away from this guy. Um, and I don't, I don't think we're there yet. I mean, there may, there may come a time when Alec can is truly the best option at keeper, but you know, last year going into this year, they made a judgment that weighing all the factors, Roman's the guy. And one of those factors is probably sell on value and development. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bench him if he's healthy unless you're real, unless you're thinking we're opening up, we're opening this up to a true competition now. Or I just, putting, I just think that, yeah. No, I was Go just going to say, I just, I just think he, is so young to be a starting keeper anywhere, uh, especially in a league like MLS. And it's just been, you know, I'm noticing it, and it seems like they're mental errors. It doesn't seem like there's a physical problem wrong with him. It doesn't seem like there's a talent deficiency because we know the talent is there. And I just wonder, and, you know, this is this is just me. I'm for, you know, dipshit talking. If there just wouldn't be a benefit to him just getting a week to catch his breath a little bit about all the things that have changed for him in the last like year or so of his career, joining the national team, um, going into camp. Like there's got to be to a certain degree with any young player, with any young person, just getting the opportunity to get your head right and just take a mental break for maybe the open cup will be an opportunity for that where he can just sit and watch his teammates play for a game. And I would assume that Khan's going to play or Can's going to play this week against Louisville. I just think it would do Roman a little bit of good just to show up to the game and not have some pressure on him for just a fucking weekend. I think that that would 
possibly help get him a little bit right with this, given how young he is and how much has been put onto his shoulders and the expectations that are now weighing on him as the starting keeper for a supporter shield contending club, a candidate to make the national team roster on a regular basis, all that sort of shit. Just give the kid a chance to catch his breath. He's young as hell. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you're right. I, I, I think you're right to a degree that it's probably mental because it feels like mental and decision making base. And you can kind of see on his face, too, when he when, you know, there is a close call like the header against Portland or whatever, you know, he's kind of talking to his teammates and the center backs are talking to him. It seems like they're saying like, all right, you know, settle down, whatever. I think the I think the right way to approach it, at least at first, which is I assume what they're doing, is it's on the coaching staff to to work with him on those mental aspects of the of his game and to help him battle out of it. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I I'm not saying that your your idea is bad or dumb. I just I just I just Expect them, and I think that the right approach is 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 that, and not to, not to sit not to sit him for a for a league match right now. Yeah, I I was just gonna say I would do it to put Ken in a shop window, so to speak, if he were trying to make a move uh, in the in the summer transfer window. But I do think that will be. The Open Cup's job in this case, which I am happy to make our transition here. Uh, however, I will ask, do we have any other talking points we want to tackle with the game that was against the Portland Timbers? Did no. you? Let me ask you this. Good win. Were you guys at all nervous at the end of the game? I wasn't, but maybe I was alone in that. I'm always nervous at the end okay, of the game. Okay, well, fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's still the, the hurt of them conceding brutal, backbreaking goals at the end of halves is still too real for me. But to, to a finer point, I really wasn't worried much in this game. Like, I walked into this game thinking that Pat Noonan has this under control. First half, Pat Noonan has this under control. Even when they scored that goal immediately after yeah, Vasquez's goal. Yeah. Like, the dreaded, the Bailey is still singing and the smoke is still in the air as they concede the opposite direction, um, which seems to happen a lot for this team. The Shalala wasn't even to the jumping around part. <laughs> no, it was still in the slow part. Um, even then, I was like, ah, they got this. I'm not that worried about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's that's false confidence on my part. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am, I'm starting to turn as well. Because as bad as the goal was, my first thought wasn't, here we go again. It was, man, that's a really sloppy goal to give up. Yep. But as long as, you know, they regroup, they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah. It, and I, I thought it was going to be more likely that we'd score again. Yeah. That Portland would score was how I was thinking about it at the time. I completely agree. It was the first game I've had this sensation where every time I looked at the clock, I thought, oh, that's much later than I thought. Like, I, I'm i always <laughs> like at the end of games when we have a one goal lead, I'm always like, oh, my God, it's only been one minute since I've checked the clock last. Uh, but this time I was like, oh, my God, we're in the 80th. Oh, my God, we're in the 89th minute. This is great. This is moving so smoothly. So and that's uh, <laughs> that's the benefit of having veteran center backs. Yes of you know just calm everything down i know miazga had one horror turnover in the first half that should have led to a goal yeah but for the most part 
he and Haglund were very good in this game. Um, and yeah, you, you feel confident with them seeing the results at. And then you've always got yours and mascara who can just go down and <laughs> take, a, take a little snooze. Take a little snooze. <laughs> I think I think mascara bailed Miazga out a couple of times. Um yeah. his Miazga's game for the national team wasn't wasn't the greatest. He had uh, a bad at least a, a one bad moment in that game. He, I can he remember. had a couple of bad give, giveaways. Yeah. And he actually almost cost the team a goal, but the Mexican player hit it off the post. Miazga passed it to Dest. Dest dribbled up the field, and it led to the U.S. <laughs> U.S. goal. So I mean, it's it's funny how you know yeah. that I guess that that fortune turned there, but. Miazga, I was wondering if if he was affected by playing, you know, that awful St. Louis game and then playing for the national team, not doing so hot and then coming back and playing again on Saturday. I thought he played very well in the second half. I thought that his first half was okay, but like the second half, seeing the result out, I thought he had a very, very effective stint of play from like the. 55th 60th minute onward so that's what gives me the confidence this team will see results out this year it's just the defense they have the ability to be to shot preventers this year as opposed to just a sieve like we've been used to over the first three years with this team even last year to a certain extent yeah no completely agree uh so we ready to talk about this open cup game let's i guess we have to (laughs) let's do it let's do it we'll do that right after this We're back and we're talking U.S. Open Cup this Wednesday. The the old Dirty River Derby. Dirty River Derby is back uh, in Cincinnati, in TQL Stadium. Chief, last year when we had Pittsburgh, I know the conversation was, no, I don't want to play Louisville until we've got a really good team on our hands. We have a brand new stadium. We've got a really good team on our hands. Are you looking forward to this one? Or are you no. feeling nervous? <laughs> no. Oh, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> no, the, the problem is, is that this team is, is really good. Yes. And really good teams that are on really good runs that are contending for supporters shield and have ambitions of winning a lot of games in the MLS Cup playoffs. They tend to squad rotate in these types of games to keep their lineup <laughs> fresh for the games that matter. And Louisville is also looks like they're pretty good this year. I I've just checked the standings. They seem to be doing OK. Um, if we rolled out like I would love to in a perfect world where there is no risk of injury and you can turn the fatigue setting off in the video game, I would love to roll out there with Brandon Vasquez and Lucho Acosta and Mascara and Waboto and just fuck this team up heinously. <laughs> but. They're not going to do that. We're going to get Archimedes Ordonez. We're going to get Malik Pinto. We're going to get Angulo. We're going to get the B team. Ian Murphy's going to show up in this game, I would imagine. If you, um, uh, if, if you want any clues about who might play on Wednesday. Yeah, this uh, was good. FCC 2 played tonight. Um, there was no Murphy, no Foster, no Halsey, no Pinto, no Kimi. Joey Apononu played 25 minutes. Steven Jimenez played 20 minutes. So we may even see uh, Stevens 
first minutes with the first team. Hey, there we go. I mean, that's that's your lineup, right? You put Dom Baji up top, and that's basically your 11. Um, you, you guys talked about the funniest outcome for Brenner being him never playing a minute the rest of the season. I think the funniest outcome for Brenner is him becoming a U.S. Open Cup uh, striker. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to be back by, by Wednesday. <laughs> I was going to ask. I mean, if he gets back, I mean, planes I move pretty him. quick. I think, that's, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's the best move. I mean, that he needs obje- minutes to obje- stay sharp. <laughs> that would be objectively hilarious if Brenner plays against Louisville. <laughs> and in chief to your point Louisville is currently third in the Eastern Conference they last lost a game on April 1st to Sacramento Republic which I don't have the full table in front of me I'm just going to assume they're still a very good team over there um maybe Louisville is also squad rotating I don't know how seriously they've taken the Open Cup in years past historically you'd think USL teams do take it seriously but they're gonna take this seriously you know that <laughs> I would if want, I were them <laughs> they always do like this USL teams going against MLS teams these are we lived for this when we were in the USL of yes. course they're gonna take this seriously but Koch, um, Koch tried to throw the fire match as as broken to us by Andrew Wiedemann. He, huh. he tried to throw that. I, I I agree. I completely agree. I do want to take a point here, though, to talk about this, which is Louisville is, in my mind, still our number one rivalry and our number one rival. And I understand that they're in a different league, but that does not mean that we are immune from ever playing them in meaningful competitions. Like this is, this is a trophy on the line game that we are playing against them. It's okay that they are our rival. And yes, we will not play them every year, but there's a better than not chance that we play every year. And I think that for that reason alone, they can remain a rival. And they should remain a rival. And I really hope that the club responds as such. And yes, there's a a different power dynamic with us being in MLS. And we certainly have different concerns with being in the run for the Supporters Shield. But playing New England this weekend. Yep. Who is just ahead of us. us Yeah. On the Supporters Shield. Yes, and the Eastern Conference and Supporters Shield goes without saying, I suppose. But yeah, they are we're we're neck and neck. But I man, just I, 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 I want to win. Them, I want to win. And I just want them to have as the option. And I hope they do like they did last year in the Open Cup where they put Lucho Acosta on with like yes. 20 minutes to play. I, I want I want Lucho out there for some portion of this game, just because like to me, he more than Brenner, even more than Brandon Vasquez, he is emblematic of the you don't see dudes like this in usl this guy you you don't see this guy not even in passing do you see this guy you got to watch this guy on tv when you're a usl player and that's who i want to see on the field just for no other reason than to remind them and remind their fan base um we're a level above regardless of what the outcome of this particular game is and we're going to show that to you even if it's just some small dose at the end of this game well it's like it's like in basketball you know well they'll have like a They'll have like a like a like a bench player um, serve the role of of the other team's best player, and you yeah. just kind of hope that he like kind of profiles that way. There's big body strikers in USL. There's not Brandon Vasquez, but there's like guys who are tall and athletic 
and you can say like, well, his game is similar to this guy who plays for San Antonio or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anybody in USL right now, but, uh, but yeah, there's not, there's nobody in USL who profiles Lucho. Yeah. Like who, who in Lucho, who, who in Louisville's practice is gonna, is gonna like serve the role of, of, of Lucho. It's like, it's like in the NFL when they'd say, Oh, so-and-so is running the scout team and helping the team prepare for Michael Vick. It's like, no, you're not man. They put like the six string wide receiver because he's super fast at quarterback. Right. (laughs) We have Trent. It'd be like having like uh Trent Taylor playing uh, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you squint, maybe they also look like one another wearing a helmet, but like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I. Uh, we might also need the subs because uh, again, conversation was just yesterday in the uh, in the Discord pointed this out. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it this clearly until somebody pointed it out. Going back to 2017, which is FCC's second year, every single first U.S. Open Cup match that they've played since 2017 has gone to extra time. So. Be prepared to stay for 120 minutes uh, or more on this one. That was AFC Cleveland in 2017, Detroit City, the classic in 2018, Louisville in 2019 in Nippert. Uh, And then, of course, it was canceled for two years and then Pittsburgh last year. So we have a habit of taking it easy in the first round. Uh, We have won all of those games to be clear but they're also playing the weakest team that will play the entire tournament in those games so yeah be prepared for that one i will i do have to call the club out though about their handling of the u.s open cup please what's up with not opening the all all all-inclusive seats for this game total (laughs) nonsense i was i was prepared ready and willing to cough up my hard-earned money to get the open bar back but no that's not going to happen this time so we'll have to be sitting in the lowly first financial club for this it's gonna be it's gonna be rough we're gonna have to be with the commoners it's it's really gonna hurt the brand (laughs) (laughs) it's tough scenes really is um i i do believe we will have a uh a very special guest with us in our seats though so it should be pretty obvious where we're sitting um <laughs> so we'll see we'll see who who picks up on that maybe uh maybe our our good friend can end up on uh on the broadcast which to be clear i don't know where it's being broadcast is it being broadcast on youtube or are we one of the designated br live games i thought i saw today that it's on br but you can find it on their BR YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, okay. So they were both <laughs> right. So much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if people are not aware of this, and you're an hour and a half into the podcast, so perfect time to drop some useful information for you. Uh, Apple does not have the rights to the Open Cup. The Open Cup is put on by uh, USSF, not MLS. They are handled differently, and those media rights are with the HBO turner warner conglomerate and not the cell phone conglomerate and so those broadcasts are being i guess managed on youtube i think a handful of them are on tbs yeah grayson what do you you have for us you can watch this game on either the bleacher report app okay 
which we but all if have, you're, obviously. But if you're like everybody in the world and you don't have the Bleacher Report app, <laughs> you can watch it on uh, YouTube. Okay. Do they have any of the Open Cup games on a traditional <laughs> broadcast partner? I don't, I, I'll just no, take a stream on the platform. What even does that mean I, in 2023? Not, not, no this, not this week. Everything. <laughs> so this is according to World Soccer Talk. They hate um, MLS. This is good. Yeah, but they've... They got love all the, the games <laughs> listed. Okay. And everything is on, everything that's listed is on YouTube. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, in theory, these games could have been, like I said, on TBS or TNT. They could have been on HBO Max, but they will be on BR YouTube. So sure. <laughs> Neat. Uh, I don't, I do I assume Tommy G will be broadcasting this one? No, I think, I think we have no, Mike Watts. Oh, do we have Mike Watts? Look at us. I mean, we could just send him a DM and find out that information. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I should ask Tommy G as well what his plan is, because I assume they're still doing a radio broadcast. So I don't know. You're probably your best bet is just to pay the 10 bucks to show up to the game. I They sold the, the seats really cheap for this one. I think they just started opening up some upper deck tickets as well. So... I don't know. Have, do, you have, have, have do you think Louisville will have a traveling contingent at this game? I bet they bring a hundred people. I mm, so here's the thing: they will be the best supported. Yeah, away Mike Watts fans. is doing okay. Mike Watts tweeted um, he listed our game as one of the ones he's doing this week. Nice on Twitter. So. Well, now, now I'm sad I'll be at the game. Uh, no, I think Louisville will have the second best away support in TQL this season. So we definitely got to DM Mike about our special guest in the seats to make sure that we get a mention on the broadcast, right? Is, is, are we going to have percent. a special guest in the seats? I thought we were talking about Kevin's daughter. No, no, no. I'm talking about Opie. The plan is to get Opie into the stadium. <laughs> Actually, uh, okay. she will not be joining us, uh, unfortunately. So there was a change of plan. So no, she is. Uh, she would not be joining us. But Opie also, should Opie's be. taking her spot. Yeah, Opie took her spot. Yeah, that's what, what happened. More, what do you think is more likely? Opie gets into the stadium. Opie doesn't get into the stadium, or Opie gets into the stadium and doesn't have to scan a ticket to get in. Opie Opie. will get kicked out. Yeah, I was gonna say Opie doesn't need a ticket to get in, but certainly gets escorted out. (laughs) There's no there's no way Opie stays in the seats for more than Somebody, Five minutes, ten minutes. No, so, somebody read the official TQL stadium policy, and apparently masks are allowed in the stadium. It masks and costumes are, allowed. are and costumes are too. You yep. could, if if you were really committed, you could see how um, you could you could see how willing they are to expose themselves to some kind of like ADA or civil rights claim. Depending on we, what purpose the Opie costume you say serves for you. We, we should, it's an emotional should, support hat. Yeah, I have like sense I've like sensory uh, 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 sensitivity and having the, the hat on my face like kind of dampens we, everything. We need to have Opie have a comically large printout of I know my rights and have, the, uh, have that section of the TQL stadium policy printed out for him that he can silently hand whoever's trying to kick him out. Oh, man, this uh, is this is why we can't get a photo credential. <laughs> 
the shenanigans will continue until we are legitimized. <laughs> or wait, we, or OP needs to have they need to they need to install like a speaker system inside OP so that the voice emitting from the mascot helmet can be Jeff Birding on an AI recording. <laughs> Guys, it's me. Let me in. You know, we, can, we can rewrite a whole bunch of little scripts. <laughs> I'm sitting here to see all the winning we have to do. <laughs> Just start singing uh, Johnny Cash out of nowhere. That'll be good. And it burns, burns, burns. <laughs> Oh, man, well, so much fun alert. karaoke on this team. <laughs> Actually, just based on how his behavior is, Carl Linder would probably be the easiest person to do with an AI voice. He already kind of sounds like a robot in real life. I was going to say, I think he's had a, a robot voice for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's. I think that's a postcast. I don't know. Anyway, if you're a club employee, check your DMs because we might ask you on the podcast. <laughs> or else <laughs> you're coming on this fucking show one way or the other <laughs> you or a proxy your choice <laughs> oh god well <laughs> anyway uh, on that note uh, i'd like to note that all content today has been provided by real people and real voices and fuck the crew All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please. Send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.